0: what Bob and Tina are doing is wrong yeah I think haven't so haven't we read that you shouldn't antagonize evil spirits
1: yeah I guess. that you Have should we, let them be that's the moral to every ghost story yeah leave them alone leave it alone if it's in a portal
0: let it be in a portal
1: <laughs>
0: you know if it wants to get out of the portal let it out yeah <laughs>
1: Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar and I'm here with my co-host Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to
0: Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. All right, so I want to kick off with a a review of an article because I don't actually watch the shows, reality TV roundup. This is a show on Travel Channel that is going to help people confront their fears of the supernatural. It's oh. called
1: Ghost Bait, and it's a revival. I don't remember the first time. I don't remember the first time. So you're going to confront your fears if you're yeah. afraid of ghosts. Is They're it just ghosts or all paranormal? Anything supernatural,
0: Okay. paranormal, and you're just going to have to confront your fear of that thing and then kind of move on with okay. it. Okay, I'd so, love to hear about this. So okay. it's a, it said it's a, an American cult classic ghost bait, has been lured back to television. Mm. It was resisting. It's been lured back to television with 12 half-hour episodes on Travel Channel. Paranormal pioneer Bob McGill, and empathic investigator Tina Storer are taking on personal hauntings in the show. So they're the, the stars of the show, or the hosts of the show. So it says, using a shocking but effective method of isolation combined with sensory deprivation. Oh, God. The duo, I they lock people in the closet. The duo helps people overcome their fears of intense paranormal activity. After con- they, first they do an investigation, and then they use their findings of, about the investi- uh, the findings of the investigation to elevate the client's fear level. So they, they scare the crap out of people using their own, uh, the thing in their, their home that's frightening them.
1: Okay, so these people are actually afraid of something. Yeah, like they're their like, home.
0: there's a poltergeist in my home. I'm terrified. Of. Okay, so they do an investigation. They find this poltergeist, or they found that about the poltergeist, and then they use that information to ratchet up the level of fear in the client. So they
1: take you to another location, and no, they do it in it?
0: your in your your house, and they use the terror as a bait to draw out the entity and force a confrontation. So are you <laughs> kidding me? read this several times because in my mind so it's called ghost bait and I was thinking oh Bob and Tina are going to help people get over their fear Mm -hmm. but what they're doing is frightening people uh, and bringing their fear to a level that that is the bait for the ghost right, or the to
1: come out. the ghosts are usually, they're attracted to fear. Yeah. Because it gives them energy. So
0: they're trying to scare these people to the so, point where they are, they, they're
1: fear. They're so afraid that the ghost is like, yummy. The, yeah, it's like, finally. Yeah. You know. I've been working all this time. Yeah, now they're terrified, here I come.
0: Yeah. Um, so by facing their worst fears, they believe that the living can overpower the negative forces around them and reclaim their sense of peace and control. Or they have a panic attack.
1: And freak out. Or they really give a lot of um, power to the yeah. entity and it kills them. Uh, so That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> on the premiere <laughs> episode,
0: they're going to go to... I don't know why I had to say it like that. Well, I mean, it's legit. Uh, on the premiere episode, they're going to go to a historic lodge in Santa Cruz, California investigate claims of an evil spirit that's been bullying one of the employees, whose name is Agnes. The, the paranormal <laughs> investigators uh, discover that there's a dark history behind this hotel, mysterious deaths, deaths, and corruption. So Agnes, this is the woman who's being bullied by the ghost, has to overcome her fears and challenge the oppressive entity plaguing her in order to continue working at the hotel. Mm -hmm. So this ghost is really just making it hard for her to do a job.
1: Yeah, okay. And
0: she would just like to go. She doesn't want to get a different job, although that's what I would do if I felt that was being harassed by a paranormal activity on the job. Yeah, I don't think HR, even paranormal can, HR, can do anything can do about anything. that. Yeah. Um, so they isolate her in the pool room, Agnes, and she confronts the entity.
1: In the pool room? In the pool room.
0: In, where the, the swimming pool
1: is. No, the, I think they need the, the, the billiards. I hope they okay. mean the
0: billiards room, where she has to confront the entity alone. So they, they terrify her, they shove her in the billiards room, and then she has to hash it out with this bully ghost.
1: What, and do they t- tell her how to do this? Do they give her the training? The like, show hasn't come on yet. Or wing it. I don't know. Oh, just, my God. Yeah, just make it work, as we say.
0: Make it work. In the second episode, they go to Pennsylvania to investigate claims of paranormal activity terrorizing a young couple in their new home. During a chilling late-night investigation, the duo come face-to-face with a mysterious presence in the woods, and they capture a terrifying voice inside the house that keeps saying, "In a portal, in a portal, yeah, like <laughs> in a world, but in a portal." <laughs> That's all they got. It just That's keeps saying, saying that... "In a portal."
1: Maybe it's stuck in a portal. It's... Like I'm in a portal. Yes. Just get me out. Get me out of this portal. Just I'm, I'm in, in a where. Where are you? I'm in a portal. Stop asking. <laughs> I'm in a portal. I'm in the portal. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like I'm in the closet. I'm stuck in the elevator. Yeah. In the elevator. I'm in the portal. Or I'm in here. I'm in the bathroom. Um,
0: It says, as a last resort, the homeowners are forced to confront their fear of the evil demon in order to get their house back.
1: That's kind of like at at work when I'm in the bathroom. The the janitorial staff (laughs) wants to come by to clean. They knock. Yes. And I'm like, occupied. I'm in here. I'm in here. Yep. So, this is Ghost Bait. I'm in a portal. And I feel like...
0: (laughs) I feel like what Bob and Tina are doing is wrong. Yeah, I think so. Haven't we read that you shouldn't antagonize evil spirits? Yeah. That
1: you should let them be? That's the moral to every ghost story. Yeah. Leave them alone. Leave it alone. If it's in a portal,
0: let it be in a portal.
1: (laughs) You know? If it wants to get out of the portal, let it out. Yeah. Just... But don't don't antagonize it. Don't make things worse yeah. for everybody around. Yeah. And, and scare people. And scare people. So oh, yes, I, a re- you got a real bad one in there. Ghost bait. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. What do you have?
1: Okay. So I have an update about robots.
0: Okay. So we report on the Robo apocalypse. It's probably happening now.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, pretty sure. Yes, so uh, here's a, <laughs> I have this article, it's, a, it's about a couple of different kinds of robots that are okay. out there, but this one is a stripper bot. W- why? What does it take off? What does it strip down to? Just uh, like some bolts? go the wires? At a, at the CEBit Expo in Hanover, Germany, software <laughs> developer Tobit. Is that ha- the naughty CES? <laughs> <laughs> CES. They had a booth showcasing two pole dancing robots mm-hmm. and a robot DJ with a megaphone for a head. And were there robot customers trying to slip a dollar <laughs> to a robot crack? And the two bots could dance in time to the music. Okay. Were they any good? <laughs> like, what kind of dancing <laughs> According was According to the BBC, you can pick up one of these stripper bots right now for just $39,500. That's it? Just go to a strip club. People, and give your money to the women. But it's not even like they're robots with any kind of human appearance. They look like a damn robot. They look like oh, a stormtrooper. It looks like a stormtrooper like storm pole dancing. With some extra junk in the trunk. Basically. And then the other DJ with the so microphone it, head. It doesn't have like a, a skin over it. No skin. It's like a stormtrooper
0: outfit. <laughs> and, but it can dance. And it can dance and hold a pole. You know what? Maybe that's somebody's thing. I don't know. That's bizarre. And Thank you, technology. A lot of
1: time, yeah,
0: doing that, putting that together when they could have been working on something productive.
1: Oh, and then there's this other this other robot uh, for about 120 million yen. Okay. I don't know what that translates to. You can currently buy a rideable mech robot through Amazon Japan. So okay. You can buy this on Amazon. The robot is called Kira. Curitas. Okay. And it looks like something out of Hollywood. It's 3.8 meters tall. Wow. Weighs five tons. Okay. And features a BB Gatling gun that can pump out 6,000 rounds per minute.
0: Of, of five, of like live rounds? Of BBs. Oh, BBs. BBs, okay. Yeah.
1: Why? But you can ride this and walk around and shoot. What does things. it look like? It looks like a 3.8 meters. Okay. Is it's is it humanoid, I guess is what I'm it's saying. It's a humanoid kind of thing. It looks like a and transformer. And where do you ride
0: on it? Oh, I see. It looks like a transformer. Yeah. Okay. So you could
1: just, like, climb up there. And then it shoots BBs.
0: Yeah. Or sprays BBs all over the so place. So you can
1: laugh, be mm. up there in the air, riding your robot. Shooting BB guns.
0: What, small birds or whatever?
1: I hope not. I mean, what? Why?
0: I don't understand. You know, this is what makes me... Realize sometimes that we live in a, in a bubble of people who are very rational. Yeah. <laughs> because this, to me, this kind of you know overpriced uh, man-child toys, yeah. it's just not, of no interest to me whatsoever. And the technology behind it is fascinating, and I think it's interesting that they've made it. But they're also making... So, you guys can't see the picture, but it looks exactly like a Transformer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or a Go-Bot if you were didn't have if enough money were, for a Transformer right. back in the day. But that look is so old-fashioned. I remember that from being a really small child. That's what we're going for? Mm-hmm. An idea of a robot that was created 40, 50 years ago? Way to go, people. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what we're using the big brains for? Yeah.
1: To create something from the 70s? Yeah, because they have younger... S- Robot scientists now who think that this is cool. You know, it's just like when you get into comedy and the newer comics come up with their great jokes that are just really, j- you know, just recycled what they see from their heroes. Yeah. It's nothing original. It's they're nothing doing original new. prize material, right, and thinking that they're innovative yeah. and doing something new. And it's like, no, you are doing something you, you saw doing you're something old.
0: It. Yeah, that's why. That's why that kind of stuff. I don't really understand it um, because it is. Yeah, it's very old fashioned to me. Yeah. Weird. So we um, we started a segment a couple months ago called Musk You, Musk you, really, Musk you really, celebrating, sometimes celebrating, sometimes uh, giving a hard time to Elon Musk. So it looks like now, because of his rampant tweeting, he's actually gotten into trouble. Um, so lawyers for <laughs> Tesla Inc. chief executive Elon Musk will argue on Thursday, this is coming up in April, that he did not violate a fraud settlement. Um, with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and should not be held in contempt. The latest twist in a high-profile battle between the billionaire and the government. So apparently, um, he tweeted... He has 24 million followers. Oh, wow. So he tweeted, Tesla made zero cars in 2011, but will make around 500,000 in 2019. Make 500,000 cars. Okay. Okay. Four hours later he corrected himself. This is in a tweet, by the way, a tweet, saying annualized production would be probably around five hundred thousand by the end of the year, with full deliveries uh, around four hundred thousand. Okay. And and apparently um he they're only gonna be able to make something like a hundred thousand of those. Oh, so because all right. of that, they're saying that he's violated the SEC uh, communications law or something like that by te- by tweeting people that he's going to have a half a million okay. when the reality of it is he's not I don't think anyone is getting their investment advice from right. from, from,
1: from his Twitter it, you know what? I think a lot of people are. I mean, it shouldn't be. No, they shouldn't it shouldn't be. be. You're right. They should not be. Yeah. So this is this is what this
0: lawsuit is about, though.
1: I'm like, y'all can't find anything else to catch the dude on. He's
0: done anything else? Well, the, I a think that tweet? it's
1: kind of like the cost of those makes it a federal offense if they of put the out what? false information like that.
0: Yeah, but I mean. It's, when you put out information about your company, the real information that you put out, it comes out like in a report, mm-hmm. it's official communique. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think but it's like... it's also, like, it's like a fraud thing. That's... But I don't think he meant it to deceive yeah. anybody. I think he probably was, su- I'm super excited. Yeah. We know that if he says he can make three cars, you're gonna get like half a car. Yeah,
1: all right. Yeah, yeah. This is the so he probably wasn't really listening in a meeting. No, he, he was and in he there was
0: excited. And, yeah, you know. And then he was like, "I think we're we're gonna have." I mean, that's his probably his goal. Yeah. So it'd be like if we say we're gonna have by the end of this year, we're gonna have 52 podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's our goal.
1: Yeah.
0: If we fall short of that, we wouldn't because we're not Tesla. That's right, we're podcasters. We do what we, we say. We do what we say. The fact that that is what they are trying to basically dethrone him for, to me, just sounds like a little over the top. Like, censure him. Yeah. Maybe have him do a fine. Yeah. Or
1: something, but... Don't topple him over completely for something like that. And don't act like
0: people are using Twitter to put out real information about business.
1: Yeah, right? That's, I think that's
0: the other part of it for me. It's like, well, it was on Twitter. It's like, that doesn't mean anything at all. No. That means nothing at all. It's like, someone wrote it in the sky.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) It doesn't
0: mean anything right and i I would like to see I'm on Elon, I'm on your side on this one dude i I'm, I'm on your side on this one. I would like to see who was harmed by this tweet, right, by this erroneous tweet, yeah, that false. was out there, like who was what, what happened Threading false information. yeah, what horrible thing happened, yeah, um, so basically um it says someone says it seems pretty clear that this particular tweet was not run through the scrubbing system that Tesla is supposed to have in place. So basically they're saying, anytime he speaks about his company, before he says anything, it should go through a whole process mm-hmm. with their attorneys and official communique. But how's that going to work? Mm-hmm. It's a tweet. So he has to run every tweet through...
1: I mean, that, that kind of violates legal.
0: how, yeah, yeah, through legal. That kind of violates how Twitter works,
1: though. Well, I think Twitter you know? also has to, you have to use it appropriately. Like, you use it for promotions of certain things. Use it for just keeping people abreast of what's going on. Um, but it should be true information. He offered to, he acknowledged that the information was
0: not correct. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he's sorry about it, and he agreed to pay 20 mil for the tweet.
1: Yeah. I think that's fine. Pay it to Hey You Know It. Yeah. That's good. You can you know, you can feed our PayPal account. Right. Our PayPal account is yeah. HeyYouKnowIt you know it at hey, gmail it. Com and
0: you can send it there and we'll we, forgive you. We will accept that apology. Yeah. Well we'll
1: take a half a mil. Yeah,
0: why not? One dollar for each of the cars that you said that you were going to create by the end of the year.
1: Exactly. So Elon, you yeah. must. We you
0: must. And also the same too now so he's fighting with the SEC. Um he has he's he's criticizing them and he said that the SEC does not stand for Securities and Exchange Commission. It stands for the Short Seller Enrichment Commission. And they're saying that there he is being attacked and his head the hedge funds are coming at him. All right. So well he has Elon, opened it up. guess what? We'll yeah.
1: we'll dedicate a show to you yeah. and clearing your name and you know. Saying all the uh, talking about all the positive things that you do, yeah. You just send the million, the couple million to hey, you know, hey, you know at at gmail.com. gmail.com. Yeah. We'll do it. It's a tweet that's scary. To you me. could tweet us. I don't first. tweet very often, but now we have to run it through legal. Well, you know, because somebody set a precedent. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> about <laughs> because the United
0: States of America's official communication comes it's out of Twitter. Twitter.
1: Yeah, so bizarre. I don't, uh, Obama had a Twitter. He, did, he didn't but but he run didn't, it. He didn't he, run it. He didn't run it, but he also didn't give out policy over it or any kind of breaking news. And I followed it, and I think he sent out in his entire
0: eight years fewer tweets in eight years than this guy sending out in like a day. He's it's all he like, does.
1: He's like more like, "Hey, these are great books that I have on my reading list." Yeah, um, or it's
0: like today is the anniversary of this park.
1: Yeah, that's
0: yeah. it. I don't that's know. What but he was part. also working, so he didn't really have time. Yeah, to tweet. <laughs>
1: He was working. He was
0: working. Yes, exactly. All right. What do you have? So you play bass, keys, drums,
1: guitar, sing lead or rap, horns too. Looking for
0: a place to go Saturday night, 8 p.m. to 12. Funkadelic Studios, y'all. The fully equipped rehearsal yeah. studio has got everything you need to jam. Yeah. What you waiting on? 209 West 40th Street. Yeah. Come one, come all, and you can bring your bandmate, yeah. lover, or friend. Yeah, come be to Jam. I have listener mail. Oh, cool. So, if you would like to interact with us, uh, you can email us at gmail.com. We will not divulge your information to anybody. We don't keep your information. Um, just uh, interact with us.
1: Yeah. And I know that there's a couple of you who have emailed, and I have not addressed them on the show. And my sincere apologies. I had my own kind of um, thing where I. Misplaced them. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Meaning I deleted them accidentally. Okay. So I'm really sorry. And, um, yeah, I'm really sorry if you want to resend. Yeah. Please do. But otherwise, if I find them again, I'm yeah. sure to address them.
0: And because we don't keep anything or any information, we can't just get them back. Yeah. Like, when we destroy an email, it stays destroyed. Yeah,
1: Right. <laughs> it was more like me trying to delete a, like, kind of... Um, I don't know. Do you want to lose ten pounds in oh, ten yeah. days, kind of thing, or like a Zippy Loan? Thing. I get like yeah. emails from Zippy Loan all the time. Yeah, and I, I, and I do shed tears when this happens, but and it has not happened really in the history of our podcast. Well, but you things know, happen. there's
0: always one time. Yes.
1: Anyway, so here is one one that got through. One that one that got through. It's Survived. from Tanisha. Hey, Tanisha. All right, she writes to us. Hey, ladies, I just listened to episode four. 407, mm-hmm. When you mentioned how people used to go cow tipping, it made me think about the animated movie Barnyard. I can't remember the premise of the movie, but this cl- in this clip, the cow sneaks into the kid's room at night and tips him over while he's asleep as revenge for him coming into the barnyard and tipping them. Check it out here. Enjoy, Tanisha. Thank you, Tanisha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, she sent the, the <laughs> link to the clip. I was laughing. It was I don't this, know this movie. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, it's you should watch it. I watched it a few years ago. Is it I animation the whole thing. or animation? It's like a Pixar kind of-ish okay. movie. But it's this little fat white kid, entitled and just violent, you know, just like walking around punching things, like, ooh, punching a pillow, you know, like just yeah, 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 acting yeah. like that. Kicking a rock. And he had gone out and tried to, and tipped a cow and came back in. It's just this just rotten little mess. Okay. You know? And he goes to bed at night, and the cows sneak into his room. And exact their revenge. Yeah, and tip him over while he was asleep, and he wakes up like, yes, one would. Yes. (laughs) To see the cow standing over him like, ha, got you, and just, you know, loses it. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I would love to be on that cow side right now. Yeah. I'm like, I can, I know, I have a whole list of people that I'd love to tip. To tip, yeah, people tipping. I like it. So that's going to be my new list now. My tip, your, tip your enemy. <laughs> yeah, and not in a good way. Yeah, not
0: in a good way. It means over. Not I'll with Oh, maybe
1: I'll check it out. I've only
0: seen a couple of Pixar movies. They have a very particular look to them. Yeah. That at first I was kind of like, ah, it's, it's, everything looks very shiny. It's shiny and it's, and it's... And plastic looking.
1: It also has a look of almost like an exaggerated... Realism to them, yeah. That I, I don't. Yeah, I don't I really jive company. with.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the problem. If you grow up watching a lot of animation that's hand drawn, mm-hmm. that's probably very difficult for kids to watch. Now, like, it's not moving.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or it's shaking a little.
0: Yeah. Like if you watch an old Scooby, doo you you you're watching. you like, no one's moved. Just the lips and the eyes are moving. Yeah. <laughs> right. And when someone does move, it's very dramatic. Like they're looking to the left. Now they're looking to the right. There was nothing in between.
1: Or like an old Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Or something. They're
0: like shaking a little. Yeah. That's a very low budget. Yeah. I found this thing in Science News. It's a new virtual reality tool that allows you to see the world through the eyes of other animals. Mm -hmm. Which I think is awesome.
1: Through other animals? Yeah.
0: Okay. So basically it's goggles that you put on and they use it with uh, children who are learning about... Natural selection, but also about vision, um, and they picked this animal called a tarsier, and it's a tiny. A you've seen these before. They look like Gizmo from the movie Gremlins. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it yeah. has gi- the, the it's a little primate. It's really small, with gigantic eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it looks like a little cartoon character. So they created these um, a program that allows you to see the world the way this tiny little primate would see it. Um, and they wanted to change the human perception of the world by experiencing a view through an animal's eyes, which I find fascinating, because uh-huh. you're going to see whole com- things completely differently. Not just the scale of things, but the animal that they happen to pick um, has red-green color blindness. So it oh. can't see red or I'm green or distinguish green. it from other things. Um so, the software that you put on, you can go through a matrix, a labyrinth, or you can go through a rainforest, and you see everything at that level in the way that this little animal would see
1: oh, it. Oh, see, that that's interesting. Yeah. It, is it all over the place? Is it's it everywhere. Jack- yeah. So, it's,
0: it's full 3D. Once you put the, the goggles on, uh-huh. everything you see, you experience it like this small mammal would. And they tested it with children, it looks like in middle school, um, because... When we were in school, this would have been done with, like, a film strip. So they're just trying to make things more interactive. Um, so in the virtual reality rainforest, the users of the children, they could move through it, like, physically move through it, leaping and clinging to trees in a dark maze-like space, um, and see things that no human eye would ever be able to detect. Well, that's good. It gets to their little bodies it. moving. Yeah. Um, and they demonstrate the advantages that this animal has... Um, and its environment and kind of, I guess, illuminates what um, natural selection and evolution are about how it works. Okay. So it's like, why does this thing have such big eyes? And then when you see through the eyes of the animal, you get how it's adapted to be in this dark oh. undergrowth in the rainforest. Um, but also, because when Greg and I were in Montreal, we did a, a virtual reality um, kind of, I guess they were experimenting. But we got to wear these goggles and you could experience the world as a bird.
1: Oh. And everyone else was
0: a bird too. Ooh. And we were supposed to be catching like butterflies. And it was very interesting because you have, you have the visuals going on, but then you begin to feel differently about things mm-hmm. too. So we had another one where we were trees and we grew out of the ground. So they showed us as we were a seed. We looked up, we saw ourselves break through. Oh no! And okay. then the, to, we were excited. Then towards the end, we started smelling smoke. It was a forest fire. Oh. I actually felt sad because I was like, "Well, this is it for me." And then we were felled. Oh God! Some of us burned, <laughs> and then we like floated away. That's as like ash. an
1: emotional
0: journey. Yeah, but it, it changes <gasps> the way that you feel about. I mean, I'm already very sensitive to the environment and stuff like that. I love trees,
1: but it just made me feel like, "Oh wow, this is." this is horrifying. Yeah. You know? and, and, and it also develops a sense of empathy yeah. which is missing in a lot of yeah. people and to have that, yeah. So
0: they didn't talk about that specifically as one of the things they observed but I'm sure the children did develop some sense of empathy mm-hmm. with this creature being able to see through its eyes and see its environment in a different way and it's definitely much more interesting than like, boop, film strip. Yeah. Boop. Right, right, right. Um, or just looking at it, um, reading about it in a book. So I'm wondering like, what other animals... They could do so. They they have this is specifically for the tarsier, but I would love to, to see, see what fish. Like I would, you know what I mean? I would love to see the the ocean the way that fish see it. The fish
1: and squirrels maybe,
0: maybe, maybe bats also. Okay, like animals that use sonar or echolocation. Oh, I think it might be interesting to see how do they how do they view the see, world. You're
1: thinking a little bigger and more creatively than I am. What I'm like a squirrel. What's wrong with a squirrel? Because I, I was like, oh, it's fast, but. but who knows how they see things?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm imagining
1: they're all over the place. Yeah, they're all
0: over the place, but I don't know. I don't know how different their eyes are from ours. But if you could have the same vision, say of like a a
1: goat, because their eyes are very strange looking. Like, what do they see? Yeah, but not only that. What draws their attention? Yeah, like, the sound in their look, or do they ignore that sound? Like, are there
0: some things? If you are, for example, a goat that are more beautiful yeah a tin can for example oh.
1: something like Ooh. that yeah
0: <laughs> or are there some things that are frightening or repulsive to you or some colors that are uh more relaxing or less relaxing when you're looking through a viewpoint of um of another mammal well, it's not kind of interesting mm-hmm. yeah. anyway so that's some um, technology on the uh, on the positive side of things oh
1: very yeah. interesting yeah well, I have some technology that's not on quite the, on the positive side. On the side. bad side? are right, right. And this is also listener email. Oh, cool. All yes. right. All right. This is from Sid. Yay. Hi. What's going on? I Sid? know. Sid, we haven't heard from you in a while. I, well, <laughs> as, <laughs> this is funny. Hello, Katie and Jaquetta. It's been a while as I've been swamped. Okay.
0: <laughs> and I, I, I,
1: I accept. I'll allow it. Yes, and I still am, but I had to send this horror along. Love how upbeat the soundtrack is. Isn't the coming robot apocalypse lit? Mm. Party. Mm. Resigned. Sid. Okay. <laughs> What's Sid got? So this is a robot that could sneak into your home. And this robot... Again, we already have things that can sneak into our homes. They're called burglars. Yeah. I'm good on it. But this one, it's it's has a flat body, almost like a low table and the legs really that's what it's like and it, the legs are almost like kind of like knitting needles and they go up and down so this kind of eliminates the whole like hip socket motion where one foot has to go in front of the other okay if they go up and down like how many legs knitting. are there there's four okay but they're kind I'm of I'm taking like, my old IKEA
0: low uh, coffee table.
1: You're right. Now think of it now with like the knitting needle. All the the legs, the four legs yeah. are now like knitting needles. And they, they go, go up and down. down and up and down. How does it propel itself forward? Very slowly, I would guess. No, no, it goes rather fast. Are you kidding me? Yes. So up and down, up and down, it, and it scurries around, and it can jump up, and it can open up doors. I will smash the shit out of this thing. It jumps up and opens the door oh, and How? With in. what? And it climbs up stuff. Does it have a small hand? No, it just, like, kind of hits the door. Okay, it knocks opens. the door open. So, yeah. yeah. Great. Why? Yeah. And, and what the, does and it do? Can it... So it's low to the ground. hmm
0: How does it sneak into your house? Because in uh, my ridiculous idea, it was squeezing itself underneath the door. But that's not what's happening. It's hopping.
1: It's climbing. It climbs the fence. It hops up the stairs. This robot can break into any home. Yeah. See? It's not the round door Ah, knob. It's kind of more like the latch. It's corporate. Yeah. Yeah, it's It's a a corporate door. Yeah, but it can just run. And it's called a ghost minotaur? Yeah. None of these things are good. Yeah, and it jumps pretty high, and it can climb
0: a fence. Wow. Can it survive getting hit by a miniature Yankees baseball
1: bat? (laughs) Cause that's what I'm thinking. That's about. what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I have. Maybe at home. not. Maybe. Well, maybe. Wow. Who knows what it's made of? Actually, if I'm being really serious yeah, about it, yeah. Who knows what it's made out of? They thought of that, and they're just like, no, it's 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 not very destructible. Um. What is their goal with this thing? I think they don't know.
0: No. It looks like, people. It looks like a, a really low table, like a small low coffee table.
1: Well, I can bring us wine. Yeah. See, that would be
0: a positive <laughs> yeah. thing if you could go to a refrigerator. Open up a bottle of wine, pour the wine, and then bring it to the brim. Yeah, like a diner pour. Like yeah, at the top, and then bring it over to us. I'd be okay
1: with you that. You call that a diner pour? Yeah, where you have to you have to take a sip before you can move it. Yeah. Right. Oh yes, I love that. I love um, drinks like that. that. that that's, that's a good a time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it could do something like that. That's frightening, though. Yes, but thank you, Sid, for showing yeah. us. And as we all know, maybe we'll see you in the in the camps. Yeah, when the robot when overlords the take over, you know, we'll be in Sector H, and we'll know. Yeah, that's that's the, the there's the Atlas. Yep, that that's when ran. it started.
0: It's terrifying. Is that a Boston Dynamics? We don't know. I don't know. Well, thank you, Sid.
1: Thank you. Yeah, got the four eyes. The four eyes. Rehearse, repair. To a was on 40th Street. Hashtag pop life. It was it.
0: So a little thing I found here, also science. It says. While researchers know that bird feeding can influence nature, they do not know how it influences people who feed the birds. So now they've turned it around and they're studying us.
1: (laughs) The bird has a mic.
0: Yes, the ornithologists are like, let's take it to the next level. Uh, We know what birds are doing. What about people? And it says, given that so many people are invested in attracting birds to their backyard, they wanted to see what natural changes people observe at their feeders Mm -hmm. with the birds and how... The people adapt to mitigate those changes. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) All right. So what's going on with these people? Um, So in particular, they they wanted to know how people respond to the observations. For example, how do people feel if they see sick birds at their feeders? How do you think they feel? How do you think people feel when they see sick animals? Someone who has taken the time and the money and the effort to make their backyard a place for birds to Mm -hmm. come. They have the... Feeders, they're putting out feed and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. If they see a bunch of sick birds, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I'm guessing they're gonna be sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Maybe. And maybe maybe, you're maybe go try to find out why the birds are sick. They might report it mm-hmm. to um, I don't know, fishing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they might try to change conditions in their yard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, so and, and what this is what they're trying to find out with this scientific study. So the researchers analyze how people who feed birds notice and respond to natural events at their feeders by collaborating with Project feed watch. A Feeder Watch. Feeder <laughs> This is a program but, uh, managed by Cornell Lab of Ornithology. 25,000 people are a part of Feeder Watch. Okay. So this is a huge, like, they think that they're reporting on the birds, but the reality of it is they are being watched. Oh, my God. You see, it's a feeder watch, not feedy. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. It's the person. It's what's doing the feeding is being watched. So it's just people that want to see animals fed. Yeah, and also people who just want to see birds. Yeah, in their yard. Um, so they did a survey of one thousand one hundred seventy-six people who feed birds and record their observations, and they found that most people do notice changes in their own yard. Well, oh, and that could be due to the feeding, uh, including lots I mean, of droppings. Here's what, yeah, here's what they noticed. When they, they noticed that when they put out lots of food, there was an increased number of birds. Uh, sometimes that increased number of birds uh, meant that a hawk or a cat would be attracted to the area. Oh, okay. And then sometimes they noticed that there was a
1: bird that was sick. You know what... You realize with um, birds like seagulls, Mm -hmm. they don't have a very long intestinal tract. And they have no dignity whatsoever. Yeah. So it's in one end and out the other super quick.
0: Those are, I don't like seagulls and pigeons. Those are two kinds of, I'm not a huge bird fan
1: as it is. You know what? They're too fast and they're too big. And they just, they are in places where I don't even want to deal with them. Well, I decided one day to get rid of my bread. That went moldy. Okay. And so I was like, let me just take it down here to the pier. They bring it back to you? These are city birds. I tell you, I picked up like one slice of this bread, and there was not a bird in sight. Suddenly, the flock came flying over the Hudson River. I don't know how it was the sun was out and all of a sudden it was dark it was, it was like that and I was like oh look here's one here is 5,000 <laughs> you took your life in your hands I did and one I, slice of bread I just quickly shook out the bag and ran amateur I had to re- <laughs> yes. and they were there and they were huge yeah. they have to be like a foot and a half seagulls long seagulls are really big yeah and they were just like that's right I hate this I don't like about seagulls is well
0: they do they're very aggressive
1: yeah and they're ugly. You don't like them. There's nothing
0: interesting to look at. Like once no. you, once you've, I mean, you were, in, we were in Panama. Mm-hmm. You saw how beautiful the birds are here. Yeah, show that to a bird here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's
1: like, come on, wake up a little earlier, put yeah. some effort into yeah, it. Yeah, get a little up with it. Yeah,
0: you know, do, do something. Give me a little flair, a little flamboyance. Feathers. You know, you're black, you're white, a little bit of brown. Great, look at this guy. Yeah, look at a parrot. Yeah. You know? That's someone with the stuff. And the song of the seagull. Nah. You wouldn't even call it a song. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're dying every time they open their beaks.
1: Yeah.
0: And in any case, I'm not a fan, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, it says here, um, the, the findings will help us at Project Feeder Watch, which is terrible, improve how we work with bird watchers toward our shared goal of bird conservation. The people who feed birds also responded, particularly, they responded to cats at their feeders by, and they the scientific um study discovered that when people see cats near their feeders, they scare the cats off. Oh. Um, really? The cats are scared. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> they scare the cats away. And then they move the feeder. Oh, okay. And try to provide shelter for the birds. When they Oh,
1: have... I thought you meant that the birds scare the cats no, away. No, no, no. I was um, like, tables are turning yeah. over here well, by the bird feeder. Seagulls would. Yeah, they would. Um when observing sick
0: birds, people cleaned their feeders. When observing more birds, people brought out more food, and mm-hmm. then there were more birds, and then they brought out more food. Uh, also, when people see hawks, they provided shelter as well. Um, it said in most cases the responses were tied tied to emotion, mm-hmm. and the emotion they observed the most was anger. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How about fear, like me, when I ran away? Nobody else is afraid.
0: Nobody. No. Okay. Uh, These these are people who want birds. I guess they were then. They're ready for it. What cats near feeders evoked anger. Sick birds led led to sadness or worried. Mm -hmm. But the responses to the hawks were varied. (laughs) Okay. I guess some people were happy. Others not so much. Some were sad. Some were angry. Some didn't care. Um, and that's how it is. So it's just that. So. One of the things that I thought was interesting about this article is that um, they're saying that people are starting to we interact with animals less and less, mm-hmm. and when we do, it's more often in a controlled environment mm-hmm. like your backyard, right? So that people are interacting with birds, but they're not getting like a a real, honest to goodness, natural like
1: you did, like a forest experience, or like or a like, like I you did, did. Yeah, yeah. like an urban bird. Like experience. I went to them. I didn't make them come to yeah, me. Yeah, they
0: were they were just hanging out. They're like. She for real with this? Yes, yeah. get it. they
1: <laughs> are
0: like, yeah, like candy from a baby. That's probably more where that came from. Watch her. Keep an eye on her. <laughs> Keep an her. eye on her. <laughs> no, I can't believe you went out there. I I have been I on at resorts where if you have French fries on your plate and you walk like too far away from the service area, yeah. the birds are like, yeah! and they get you. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. The, the couple times I've seen it, I was like, I will come back here with a BB gun and, and take just out your leave family. fries out yeah <laughs> right. just wait in the bushes yeah i don't like it they're raptors all right what do you have uh, i have advice on advice all right advice on advice is a segment where we find advice on the internet that stinks and it's unqualified we improve upon it by giving our advice on that advice
1: hence advice, advice on, on advice. advice okay um e Jean. oh a classic e Jean. my partner filmed us having sex without my permission well, it's over. Yes. So, dear E. I don't watch porn, so I don't know what's considered normal. My partner is a cartoonist and a sweet and gentle man. I found out he watches videos known as facial abuse. I'm where sorry? This where, where, I don't know this one. I don't, where women actually vomit during oral sex. Why is that called facial abuse? It's I, just people with a weak gag reflex. Yeah. I haven't you know? recovered from the shock. He promised to stop consuming the violent stuff. But I just discovered, by accidentally stumbling upon footage on his computer... Accidentally? That's, that's the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just say that nobody in
0: 2019 shares computers. Yeah. No. No one, one does. No, no one does. Yeah. You no, know, It's
1: like... It doesn't happen. Sharing a toothbrush. Yeah. Nobody does it. Um, So... He, he filmed the two of us having sex without my knowledge. Did she rouse on him, or what's up? <laughs> he apologized. He claims he did it because he wanted to avoid watching violent porn and figured if he had a video of us, it would curb his impulse.
0: Then why didn't he say something? I know. Why didn't
1: he say, let's make a sexy video? I know. So he did it without her permission. Without our permission. This has traumatized me. He works from home and hardly ever leaves the house. Mm-hmm. Oh Ooh. Yeah. Woo. We've been together for... Don't f- come home without, like, letting him know. Surprise. Yeah. We've been together for five years. How will I know if he's telling me the truth?
0: This is a tough one. And I um, have often been criticized for being really hard lying on this kind of stuff. But I lying... It's a, that's just a, a big no for me. There was no reason for
1: him to lie about this. No, there was no reason. That's a very intimate, personal yeah. thing. And if, without her consent, there, that's a... Like, what else is... If, if he feels he can do that, what else
0: does he feel like it's okay yeah. for him to do without telling her? Because in order to, to do a, a film like that, so he had to think ahead of time, mm-hmm. set it up,
1: mm-hmm. hide it, and not tell her about and it. And he didn't want her to know and he just was yeah. like and did it. That's so And then he just did it. That's creepy. and kind of bad. It. And it's kind of a it's a deal breaker.
0: Yeah, that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah, it is. That, so he has um especially nowadays when I'm not saying that he would disseminate that pornography, but mm-hmm. what if somebody was using his computer or came across it or mm-hmm. something happened and then that video gets out there? Yeah. You know? I don't know. He yeah, should it's have putting just, her
1: in a in a very bad bad position. He could have very
0: yeah. I, I don't think it's uh, I don't like. Again, we don't know how these people are, but I don't think it's since video cameras have come out. It's not a weird thing. I think for a couple to want to make their own no, video, no, but it
1: has to be consensual. Yeah, it has to be, because I, what to I'm saying consent- by yeah. that
0: is that like if a guy said you've been with you've been together for a while, like hey, let's make a sexy video. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not outrageous, right? It's not like it's not 1940, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right, right. It's not a crazy thing, right? Um, but yeah, I say this is a this is a deal breaker. The, the porn, the facial abuse porn, it's weird, but, uh, it's a, it's you know, a whatever. Thing. It's
1: a thing. Yeah, it's, it's a, a th-
0: thing. Yeah. It's, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I don't, I don't know why it's called facial abuse. Facial abuse, in my mind, is like, you know, hitting someone in the face. Yeah. But this is a woman who had, whose gag reflex has been triggered, and she's throwing up on her partner?
1: Yeah. I guess, I guess the guys think that it's like, oh, I, it's a domination thing, and watching... Somebody suffer? Oh, oh you know okay. Any, like...
0: Oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking this is somebody who, um, maybe their gag reflex has been triggered.
1: No, it's not. No, it's abuse. So they're, they're being called f- abuse because they're being forced to do it. They're or being forced in, in the context of the, yeah, the movie. Of the porn, yeah. Of the porn to do this, and the person's enjoying the pain of this other. Yeesh. All right. All right. So I what was is, making it better than it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Next there there try. may be
0: people on the other side who enjoy seeing a guy get puked on. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like whatever. In That's any true. case, it's a thing. It's a kink. It's Fine. a kink. If, whatever.
1: Yeah. So the advice. Okay. Uh, book it. Consult a lawyer and report him to the police. This may sound harsh, but in many states, non-consensual taping of sex partners is a crime. Mm-hmm. You deserve better. It should be the law in every state yeah. that non-consensual... So, yeah. Taping of sex. Yeah. yeah. The pers- uh, the prosecutor's office will decide whether you have a case depending on the evidence the police find when they seize this computer.
0: Yeah. See, this is this is the thing when she said that I accidentally found this stuff on there. I'm mm-hmm. like... Did you find anything else? If you kept looking, would you think you would find something? Um, And if you have, if you want to keep looking, that to me is a red flag. Yeah, that there's something there's something wrong with your relationship. Yeah, yeah. Your relationship is already. Yeah, like I don't want to know what my partner has on his computer. I I trust him. I don't. Mm -hmm, You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm not. I'm not interested. Right.
1: Um, Um, Don't tip him off that you filed a complaint. Of course, if this happened to me, I'd simply take my four pound sledgehammer to the gentleman's camera, computer and phone. But I can't tell you to do that, so I'll just say get rid of him pronto. Yeah.
0: I mean I, I I might go in that direction too of being like, I need to see everything that's on here now because who what's how would you know that he hasn't taped you before? Yeah. If you found just one. Yeah. Like, he just decided to start taping it now? Yeah. Or has he been taping it the whole time? Has he
1: taken pictures of her while she's asleep?
0: Yeah. Or is he taping it, then destroying it, making a new one every time they have sex? Or Or is
1: he uploading it to a porn site? Yeah. And making some money off it? Yeah.
0: Who knows? Or holding on to it for that, what is it, the revenge porn? Yeah. For later on. That's shady. Just talk to your partner, people. Jeez. That's rough. Wow. Wow.